Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 143, feeling a little absentee. This podcast was actually recorded back in July, and you'll also notice that we had some technical difficulties that we had to iron out. Luckily, we were able to get some Discord audio to replace some lost audio. Um, with those two disclaimers out of the way, I will let you know that I am, in fact, your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin, introducing the two new people who will be in the actual original recording, starting now with... Alex Jedrzak, Jedrzak-in-Chief of GameCola.net. And Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi, hello. (laughs) Are you on the podcast today? Am I? I think you might be. I I started saying things, and then Jenny said things, and then I started laughing. (laughs) So then I missed it. Hi, I'm Anna. I'm here, too. (laughs) Um, So today, we have an intriguing mystery for you all to solve. And by for you all to solve, I mean Jenny is going to tell us about it, because Jenny said something that was wild when I was asking about what people wanted to talk about today. And so why don't we just jump right into the crazy wild thing that you have to say, Jay? Oh, you want to hear about uh, 1994's Prima unofficial strategy guide to the complete Final Fantasy III Forbidden Game Secrets? Yes. First question, what does Prima mean in this context? Um, they, like, just good? They are a... Uh, like they they went on to make actual official strategy guides, but in this early '90s era, apparently they were flying around under the radar, saying, "Please do not sue us" on their book cover. Um, hold on, let me. I'm gonna send several images. Um, <laughs> Opening up the podcast in a great way by sending oh, pictures. Yeah. yeah, that we can discuss. We're just getting right in on it, huh? Uh, okay, picture number one. So okay, first of all, this is so this is for the game Final Fantasy three. Yes. Now back when it was known yeah, back when it was known as Final Fantasy three, I was curious when I picked up the book at the garage sale this morning. Uh I saw it on the table in the fifty cents pile, and I was curious, judging by the cover and the, the fact that it says Forbidden Game Secrets, if it was gonna be the Japanese Final Fantasy three. Uh because the cover art has nothing remotely to do with the American Final Fantasy III, also known as Final Fantasy VI. I wouldn't say it's poorly drawn, but it is uh, questionable content given the game. That like It shows a sword with some Japanese writing on it for some reason that has like a, a handle that's like a, a dragon coiled around it, I guess. But like there's nothing in Final Fantasy that's like that. <laughs> It's just mm-hmm. generic. There's yeah. a dragon. There's a sword. You get the idea. Come yeah. on. Like and and then like to to continue on this weird like sort of pseudo. Uh, oh, it's a, a game from the Orient. It is a, a an mm. Asian game from the the Far East. Uh, like, <laughs> like like all of the video games at that time. Yeah, like the the text is very like. Uh, like when it says on the the first page, complete Final Fantasy three Forbidden Game Secrets by Hayaku Kaku. I don't know the, the the font that was chosen is sort of uh I don't know maybe they're just trying to go for fantasy. Maybe I'm judging them a little harshly, but I do judge their fake name that is literally so 
they give him hold on they give him a bio on the back that says oh uh, good Hay- oh good a fake person who came up with all of these secrets Hayakukaku has been a video game player and rapid writer from an early age he is an ancient japanese game master but also when would this when did this come out what 19- when did this come out 1994 um video games had only been around for like yeah 30 uh, years tops like ancient video game master but also that his name like okay they say uh and rapid writer and i i have a He's feeling very fast at writing unfortunately well, this book was typed so well uh th- there's a couple of things is that like number one it looks like they just looked in their dictionary their japanese english dictionary for rapid and write and then made that his name because hayakukaku is like I, it's not even Google Translate levels of bad. It's like worse than that. It's just you Google translated two different yeah, words. Yeah, separately, individually, the words fast and right. And, oh, okay, so here is the deal, though. I have a feeling what they're discussing is uh, Final Fantasy three came out in America in October of 1994. And this game, or the, sorry, this book, I don't know the exact publishing date. It doesn't actually even list a date in the book itself, but I had to go look up about it. And it says it was released in 1994, which means, like, you can't write a book, get it edited, get all the things put together for it to be, like, physically printed, get it published, and, like, out into stores within, like, a month and a half. So we can just jump into what's in some of these uh, images I sent. So... So th- what you're saying implicitly there is that they used the Japanese version of the game to write this. To a certain extent, and that's the weirdest part to me. It seems that they they got a copy of the English game and started editing in the changes. Um, and the images, I can tell. Uh, so it's funny. I, back in like 2005, maybe, did like a comparison it's one of the things actually that I submitted uh, with my Game Cola, what was it, resume or whatever, my application to Game Cola back in the day, is that I had this uh, comparison of some of the differences in the Japanese and English versions of the game. And one of the things that I keyed in on is that the in in English, the image on on the signs in front of like the businesses in the game, you know, like some of them say in, some of them have a little weapon on them, some of them have a shield. And then there's one that shows like a little cafe thing. There's like a, a cup or something. And in Japanese, it says bar, if I remember right. Either that or mm. it shows like a wine glass. I don't remember exactly. But basically, by looking at the images in the book, I can tell that they took pictures, physical pictures of their TV that they then like printed out. Um, it's silly looking at the quality of these pictures. The point is, half of the text is from, or you know, half of the the names of things in the book are obviously from the English version of the game, but the other half of the names uh, are incredibly poorly translated or very directly translated. <laughs> so, so like, I, I sent an image, weapons1.jpg, um, where not a single name on this page is correct. Like, not even, like, Mithril <laughs> Sword. I don't know why they decided to spell it mithril because it's not even like they have an a in the japanese name they just added an extra a 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Oganix <laughs> is is okay. It's supposed to be the Ogre Nix, but if you're translating from Japanese where it just says Oganixu, like you're going to be like, I don't know what that is. Sure, Oganix, whatever. Close enough. But then my favorite, oh man, the Ragunia Lock. <laughs> it's supposed to be the Ragnarok, which is a sword in the game. But for some reason, they added an extra I. I don't know why. And they 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 just had no clue what they were looking at. What is Ragunadaku? Like, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> sure, okay, Ragunia Lock. Um, there's the Right Bringer and the Soul Saver. Yeah. I also just this this is not a translation thing, but I just like this sword seems to be the strongest. Like this is your job to yeah, tell yeah. me whether or not it's the strongest. What do you mean seems to be the strongest? Yeah. Yeah, right bringer is a just a classic you think they that's like the most basic, like, hmm, I'm going to use yeah. some brain thought. Yeah, or the same thing with Soul Saver, where it's supposed to be Soul Saber. Like, I get that in Japanese it's a little diff- difficult to distinguish, but I'm wondering, like, did they have a guy in Japan who then sent over kind of what he thought they were supposed to be, and then the people in English in America made the book out of his guesstimates or whatever? I don't know. There's, in the second one, I like Ultimate Weapon, mm-hmm. uh, which... The famous weapon in Final Fantasy VI is Ultima weapon. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the the glow lance, and my personal favorite is there's a whole series of spheres, <laughs> um, including on this page that I took a picture of the golden sphere. And I don't even know if they understand what they're saying because it says like decorated nicely. The front of the yeah. sphere is made of gold, so it will never rust. Like, what would be the front of a sphere if they didn't understand what the weapon was? And then also can be used as magic sword, (laughs) can be held with both hands, and can be thrown. Now, this is part of their series on describing what the uses are. Um, Mm -hmm. Because every weapon says, like, uh, whether it can be held in one hand or both hands. Uh, that yeah, that I can that I can understand. And I think now it's a weird phrasing to say can be used as magic sword. In the next one, it says can be used as a magic sword. But I, I think the implication here is some weapons do have spells that can be cast. Like uh, in the previous one, Ragnarok can use uh, flare or whatever. So like it's different uses, or maybe yeah, because like they can be thrown or whatever. You have different uses when you use the weapon as an item and so on. But I just like that, yeah, Golden Sphere. And again, when you look at the Japanese, there was a time, and I can believe that 1994 was part of that time, because in my earliest memories of uh, being on the internet, people not understanding what the little dot means, like in Japanese, ha-hi-hu-he-ho, or sorry, ha Oh, yeah, the little, the circle. Yeah, the little circle or the little double dots that mm-hmm. people just kind of go like, like if you say supea, it's technically spelled sufea, but like with a little dot on it that I guess maybe people are just missing. Yeah, you think that, like I see what you're saying, but also like I feel like any chart is going to just have that listed there. 
There was a time when I remember very early on the internet that it was common for like English people trying to translate Japanese stuff from anime or whatever that they would have no clue what that was supposed to mean and so they would put an F in somebody's name when it was pretty obviously supposed to be a B or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I can kind of give them a pass, but at the same time, it's under the category of spears. Like, there's a category heading that says spears, and then it says, number one, glow lance. Number oh, two, I golden see. sphere. Yeah, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, they, they know what it is. They know what they are, but somehow... Well, to be fair, there is a P in sphere. Yeah, in theory. Maybe um, they don't, maybe that's how they think sphere is spelled. <laughs> I have no idea. And then, it, do they make any references specifically to the fact that it is circular? Um, hold on, let me open the book. I have it right here. Because um, there was another one where I thought that they said something about it being circular. Because um, that would explain why they say the front of the... Of, I don't know how much of this text is text that they translated and stuff. Also, you've got in the ninja weapons. Yeah, That's well, here, a fun time. One second. Mithril sphere... Oh, a weakness sphere, but in the mithril in the mithril series, it is the strongest, has a high attacking power, and has the same price as the great sword. Can be used as a magic sword, can be held in both hands, and can be thrown. I don't under a weakness sphere. What does that mean? But in the mithril series, it is the strong. I have a feeling that they had someone in Japan telling them in Japanese what these things were before the game came out, and they were translating that explanation and tra uh, being like, oh, I don't know what they just said. They said something. <laughs> you know? Cool. Um, yes, Ninja Weapons. This one's my favorite because it uses direct translations of all of the names of Shadow's weapons. So, like, uh, Cherry Blossom Storm is the name of a weapon. Kunai, Sasuke, Shadow Sewing, Small Knife. Um, these are definitely not the names of the weapons in the English version. <laughs> small knife. <laughs> hey, everyone, be very afraid of my small knife. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, so it's it's very strange to me how some of the things are poorly translated. Oh, but, like, all of the monster names are the English monster names, and all of the Esper names are the English Esper names, um, including... Uh, like weird translation issues where they're trying to like cram this name into the few characters that they have room for. So like one of them's called Seraphim. Mm. Like it's supposed to be Seraphim, but they right. cut out the E because they didn't have space, which I would think they would cut out the PH and make it an F or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like... No, that's not as fancy. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, like, a bunch of weird translation issues. Oh, sorry, I skipped over the, uh, the one image with the map, which also, so, two things about this. Snake deep. How deep is this pool? Well, it's snake deep. That's how deep it is. You go to your local pool, and you look in the side where it usually says something like three feet or something, and on the side is just a picture of a snake. Yeah. That's how deep it is. You take a snake, you extend it. It's snake deep. Average snake length. Um, so it's supposed to be the serpent's trench. Or serpent mm -hmm. trench, sorry. Um, but then I also like that it says Harbor Nikea, which, like, 
I like that they include the descriptor as part of the name. Like in the English version, it's just Nikea. I'm sure in Japanese it says, you know, the thing. I don't know. The word. Harbor of Nikea. Yeah. So I just appreciate that, like, again, they're they're kind of mixing and matching. Oh, and they have this hand-drawn map. Sorry, that was what I was going back to explain, is that uh, for listeners at, at home, they just hand-drew, like, all of the trees and all of the buildings and all the little boxes and stuff. Like, everything that you would see in the town of Nikea, sorry, the harbor of Nikea, they, like, drew it out by hand. <laughs> so it, it's to remind very, you that this is not official yeah it's very quaint and i appreciate uh the level of effort that these uh rapid writers put in so what it sounds like to me happened is they started writing this and then their their goal was oh we'll get a jump on it yeah we'll write this book and then we'll post it we'll publish it immediately when the game comes out and then the game comes out and they're like, uh, okay, there's a lot of differences. So they just went through and tried to change as many things as fast as they could before sending it out for publishing. They're... And so they they grabbed some English stuff. Yeah, and so, hold on. One thing uh, at the beginning of the book in the introduction. Um, hold on. It says, uh, oh, I, did, I do like that they say... Um, the authors, who among them have over 25 years of experience evalu- evaluating interactive entertainment. Wow, 25. How many writers does it take to get to 25 years of interactive? Like they mean collectively 25 yeah, like, years? As a group, among them, they've each been playing games for about, what, five to eight years probably? Yeah. Um, but uh, hold on. There was something that they... Yeah, sorry. There was somewhere in this thing that it said uh you definitely won't be able to play this game in a five-day rental um which i'm assuming they were probably like uh oh yeah we can beat the game and get you the translation fully edited in uh under a week and then they didn't (laughs) (laughs) so they put that line in the book yeah just to be like this game is pretty long um way yeah um, Did they really think they could beat an entire RPG in five days without any prior experience? Yeah, right. Um, I mean, how long is Michael's playthrough? It's like a hundred. It's over a hundred episodes. It's a lot of episodes. And each one of those episodes is pretty much ten minutes. But like, I don't know. I think that, I think maybe we got fifteen minutes permissions in the middle of that but like it's a lot of episodes sorry i couldn't find it yeah yes, that was um, there's definitely I, I i get a very strong feeling of hubris from this book but you yeah. said that they went on to like actually get to write re- real guides yeah like prima strategy guides are like an actual thing hold on prima oh prima is the brand yeah okay i thought like I thought it was like a weird way of saying this 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 strategy guide is prime. It's the best it's the best strategy guide just no. because we say so. No, um they did have several official strategy guides. Um but yeah, this one was apparently from their early days when uh they were not so official when they were hold on, when they, what does it say? When they were unauthorized, unlicensed, uncensored, underground and unofficial. 
Underground. Unprofessional. Yeah. Uncensored. <laughs> like it's well, a... to be fair, the if they use the Japanese translation. Yeah. Um, um do you have any any other interesting stories before we move on? No, I bought it this morning, so I've had, you know, the last like four hours to actually sit down and look <laughs> at it. What 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 do you mean you bought it this morning? Like you just where did you come across this? Um, so I, uh, I've been going to garage sales wearing my mask, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, and this one advertised that they would have video games, which they did not. I'm going to assume somebody came at like 630 and just cleared them out. Just like, mm. didn't take a look, but just was like, here, I'll give you 20 bucks for all your games. Um, yeah. but they did have this beautiful strategy guide, uh, sitting on the table for 50 cents. So <laughs> I picked it up. I have no regrets. <laughs> I was hoping, actually, there were several points where I was like, oh, I wonder if they're actually going to mention, like, uh, the spell Meriton. It hurts you, and it hurts the enemies. So it's kind of, like, pointless. I've seen strategies where, like, well, if you equip every single person, one with a flame armor, one with a flame shield, one with the other flame shield, or whatever, like, everybody gets a flame armor, then they get healed, actually, if you use Merton. Um, mm. But, like, they didn't even mention that... They they didn't even mention that it hurts your own party. <laughs> um, that sounds like a forbidden secret. I would, yeah. I would have liked to know that forbidden secret. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I guess, again, uh, they were in a hurry getting this out, and they just wanted to get anything out so they could make some money. Uh, but there, I would not say that this is full of secrets. I do appreciate their maps, their hand-drawn maps. Um, and I, I do want to, at some point, maybe I can follow up next month about, um, hold on. Uh, before you even begin to play, you need a firm grasp of the politics and the power structure of the world you're about to enter. And then they have this whole thing about historical overview and, like, all of the locations, uh, finding your way in the world. Like, they have this whole explanation of the history and all the towns and stuff. And I'd like to read all of that because it sounds Actually like pretty fun. Yeah, it sounds like pure conjecture. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, but I appreciate that. You know, back imagine getting that in 1994. That would have been awesome, right? Especially what I would have been like eight or something. Um, yeah, I would have. Anna and I would have been not born. Negative exactly. age. <laughs> Negative. I was, I was born in 95. <laughs> um, you would have been ripe to begin your Final Fantasy adventure. Um, but yeah, like, I appreciate what they did. And I'm glad to know that Prima Games went somewhere. Um, <laughs> but this, it's a very thick book, by the way. Like, <laughs> even compared to, like, strategy guides, like, I know what strategy guides are like. Part of it, I think, is that they use very heavy paper. Like, these pages are super thick. It's a nice paper. Yeah, like, it's a heavy-duty book. It's a solid book. Um, you but can it's... attack someone with it. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh... It's exactly what you want to do. It's like a That's college... That's a real forbidden secret. <laughs> it's like a college textbook oh, God. thickness. Like, it, it's not like a regular strategy guide, um, but... Yeah, like, uh, my Final Fantasy VII strategy guide is probably, like, a quarter the thickness. I don't know, 
again, it might just be how thick the individual pages are. But uh, yeah, they went all out. Uh, I applaud them. I'm going to be reading all about the history of Final Fantasy III uh, from their point of view, but uh, I, I do not think I will be using this for the uh, strategic information for their equipment list or their enemy list or any of that. So, now that it's been almost half an hour in podcast time, I don't know how long it's been for listening time. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, hit on some. We have some fan uh, material that we could hit on. Uh, I think first, Jetty, I think you're going to be very excited to hear this news. Okay. You're going to be very excited because your favorite video game is getting an anime adaptation. Is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Wait, no, I think I heard about this, and I don't think it's my favorite video game. Yeah, your favorite video game. I think you're playing some sort of joke on me, Joseph. (laughs) Could it be, are you sure that the world ends with you is not your favorite video game, Jetty? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, the, the, next time the, the next time the GameStop is physically open, I'm selling that game back to them. <laughs> um, this, uh, this topic came from us from Brainiac1015, who is a longtime fan who has come up on the Discord. Uh, which you can find on the Game Cola Twitter and on the website. Um, and maybe I've seen them before. It's always weird when people, sometimes people will show up to the Discord and it's like, is, are you someone that I've seen mm-hmm. comment on other things and using a different name? Yeah. Are you? Um, but uh, I, the question I wanted to pose to you, Jetty, and Anna, I don't know if you have any experience with this video game at all. Not only uh, Jetty's uh, distaste. Um, do you think... So the, the anime is getting, like, officially announced tonight after this podcast goes out. Or after this podcast is recorded, rather. Um, so we're not going to talk about that. But my question to you is, do you think that the translation into an anime would improve your opinion of the property at all? Like, is there... How would you save it, I guess, in your perspective? Isn't this game, like, 10 or 15 years old? Do people care about Probably. it? People, Jetty, I don't think you understand that there. this is game is like a real cult classic. Uh. Like, remember in the podcast, I said, like, I, and I think, Anna, you might have said this too, that we've only heard good things about this game before it's, you talked about it. No. I mean, then again, a lot of people say that they like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that one you're definitely in the minority on. <laughs> there was a lot of games in that sort of early 2000s era that just like, no, they're not... Like, I I get that you were in middle school when this game came out. That doesn't mean that it was good. <laughs> and I, I can admit, there were games that were out when I was in middle school that weren't very good that I liked. I liked Xenogears for some reason. I don't like it now. <laughs> what are some other embarrassing games that you liked when you were in middle school, Jay? I think I want to talk about that right now. There's some games, because uh, there's games like Thousand Arms that, like, I can still appreciate what they were trying to do. Like, I liked what they were trying to go for. It's like a dating sim and an RPG. So it, in a way, but, like, at the time I admitted that it wasn't that great of a game. You know, that, like, they they tried something and it didn't really work out that great, but it was still kind of fun. But to say, like, oh, yeah... Uh, the the deep plot 
of Final Fantasy VII or whatever, or like uh, Xenogears that's basically just we watched Evangelion and then kind of tried to make some kind of robot show with deep commentary or whatever. <laughs> like it's it's not it's not good. I don't know, and that's the thing is that like at least with uh, at least with an anime, I don't have to play it. Mm-hmm. You can be do it sort of passively. Yeah, um, but I hated the characters so much that I don't think I would even want to. The edgy main character, no, like, that, that wasn't good back then. It's still not good. Like, he's not cool, he's not interesting, I don't care. But that's what I'm saying, how would you make him cool and interesting, Jetty? Um... As our resident expert on cool and interesting. Unless they're, like, abandoning the whole plot line where he just, like, hates women... I don't know if I. I mean, maybe they're going to. <laughs> maybe they're going to. I would hope modernize. so. It's 2020. Because <laughs> like, the entire beginning of the game is just him complaining about like the only useful character, which is his companion, which is the girl. He just constantly complains, but she's the one who's like actually making things happen. And then, uh, he literally kills her because like, you don't know until later that he didn't actually. But he was completely willing to, and there's no, like, apology for it. He just is like, oh, she's useless to me, but I could kill her? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, this is good. And, like, I get that in middle school, it's like, oh, that's, that, that, whoa, he's, he doesn't care about anything. Like, no, just, it, it's not good writing. <laughs> he doesn't it's, afraid of anything. Yeah, like, it, it's not good writing. I mean, uh, maybe since I didn't play, you know, 98% of the game, Maybe something actually happens, but um, I kind of throw it in there with like Kingdom Hearts, where when Kingdom Hearts 3 finally came out, everyone who's an adult now is like, yeah, I can't stand this. I don't know. With Kingdom Hearts, I'm pretty sure everybody that I listened, like I heard talking about it were like, no, this is bad, but there's enough material to work with that I can sort of think of it as something good. If that makes sense. I think the same thing happens with Sonic, where it's like, no, there's no good story in a Sonic game, yeah. but there's enough interesting character ideas that you can take that and sort of construct your own interesting narrative out of it. Yeah. Right? Like, a lot of Kingdom Hearts fan art is putting relationships between characters who don't actually spend that much time on screen together because they're... The, they're they're things that make promises of being interesting and then they don't have to deliver they just let other people deliver on that through fan content yeah yeah that's again that is the impression that i get from people who like kingdom hearts um my uh, sister has just got a huge uh kingdom hearts tattoo on her leg and i think it's safe to say that she was very excited for the third game <laughs> and i think she liked it a lot oh really <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can imagine that there are people who would legitimately like it. Yeah. I've always been of the uh, of the mindset that Daffy and Goofy... Or Daffy, excuse me. Help me. I'm sorry. I was mixing up Donald and Goofy to make Daffy. It's a different duck. Um, yes, Donald and Goofy don't really need to be in a, a deep JRPG. And from the people who I saw on my... My Twitter timeline um, talking about the game seemed to be uh, finally coming around to that conclusion uh, at the age of you know 35 or whatever that 
separated by you know 15 years or however long it had been since the previous game uh they finally grew to realize that it's a little silly and that they can't really uh get as deeply involved in the game as they used to i don't know where i was going with that but well, I, I, I know guess, yeah mm-hmm. i guess i can picture that if uh instead of having been uh 20 when you first played the game that you were you know 15 and so you're still closer to that uh when the third one came around you could still enjoy it. It might also still be a good game, even if it has Donald and Goofy in it. I have another question from the studio audience. That's my transition. Wow. <laughs> I'm very good at this. I've been podcasting for, what, six years now? Six or seven? <laughs> yes, you've become um, the master. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so this comes from Axe. I'm just going to call you Axe, because that seems to be the theme that this person in the Discord keep changing their name which is their prerogative but axe is the through line so i'm just gonna say axe because it may be different by the time this podcast goes out anyway um axe asks when a game asks you to build your character what sort of character do you usually build do you build yourself do you have any particular memorable characters that you've built and for what game um i can remember the first time i really because usually when I was a kid, I would always go for like balance. If I was given options, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to put a couple points into this and then a couple points into that. And the stats are just going to increase sort of gradually. I remember that that was my strategy for the Mario and Luigi games. And then there was one time where I was replaying it and it's like, what if I just make Mario really good at punch? <laughs> yeah. And Luigi really good at get punched. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, that was my first experimentation with weird builds where Luigi was the tank healer and Mario was the glass cannon, (laughs) which is, I think is my most memorable build because it's, I think the game like is built that you can do that, but also doesn't expect you to, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't expect that the people playing Mario RPG are going to get really into like min max builds. Yeah. And I feel like there's like, I don't know if there's anything in the game that really pressures you, but I feel like the game is perhaps balanced most centrally around the idea that you're going to increase their stats that they do in the Mario RPGs, uh, like sort of uniform. Um, and so there were definitely interesting like dynamics where like your one character is doing a one hit KO on most things, which isn't necessarily expected. Yeah. What about you guys? So if it's a game like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley, I will make like the thing look like my I will make the uh the character look like myself. But sometimes in games I don't even use like my actual name. Like if it's just a name thing, I'll use a different name for no reason other than just being like, <laughs> not me. Um <laughs> But when it comes to like building characters, uh so something like what games do I play that involve that? The Sims. Uh, with the sims i definitely never use myself or someone else i know the last time i did that it was 2012 <laughs> i like how you can remember my... the year i remember the i don't exact remember moment. the whole year um but it was me and my then boyfriend and it was just it was weird to me i don't know uh, yeah. um it's because we were uh together playing like quote unquote both playing but um mm. Then something like Oblivion or a game where you put stats in like you would in D&D. I always go for agility and dexterity because uh, 
I've mentioned plenty of times, uh, rogues are my favorite. So I always go for that kind of stuff, like stealth and agility, stuff like that. Um, Is there a backstory to the Anna likes rogue archetype? (laughs) It's Um, so fundamental to your base character. Yeah, no, I... At least on the internet. I think I liked... I think I just really liked Robin Hood as a kid. <laughs> Let's say that because I don't really know. I uh, it's stuff like that, and then I also read like uh, a series called the Knight and Rogue series, and I really like the Rogue character. So mm. that's probably a big part of it. I, I'm sure there are other reasons. I think um, I read too many stories about uh, quote unquote good thieves. Mm-hmm. So. And also, yeah. you just like stealing all the time. That's definitely I just also true. Love stealing. <laughs> I just love theft. Well-known Anna fact. Two things about Anna that you need to know: she likes stealing, and she likes doing gymnastics. Uh, fun fact: I am. I don't want to say the least. Uh, okay, when I was a kid, I was very, very clumsy. I'm mm-hmm. a lot less clumsy now, but I, uh, I have fallen in the like in the past where I have injured both of my ankles. At the same so, time? No, different times. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that would be impressive. <laughs> like two years apart, <laughs> two or three years apart. Um, one was before I left back to go back to college, and the other one was uh, at work when I worked at the spa. Mm. But yeah, uh, I usually go for a dexterity-based character, and I don't really have a memorable one. I'm trying to think if there's really anything that I play that I've done anything like memorable with in terms of build. Yeah, I don't. I'll think about it. If I think and of anything, I'll let you know. Another thing to add into this is when um, when you're given the option to name your character, whether or not it's like part of a bigger build, and it's like clearly meant to be like this is you. Like it's not necessarily like even Earthbound, where like you're given four characters to name, or or like a game where like the person like talks, it's like, this is very clearly meant to be a stand in for you, the player. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you use your name? Like in Pokemon, for example, like I always call myself Joe in Pokemon. Yeah. In, in Pokemon, I'll always choose Anna, but in stuff like Earthbound or in other RPGs where it's not supposed to be me, like it's not specifically like boy or girl choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to like maybe pick whatever the default is or a different name altogether. I like to pick the default um, because that way I remember the canon names of the characters. <laughs> Otherwise I'll forget. I do that in Pokemon too. I won't nickname new Pokemon so that I learn their actual names. Jetty, what about you? Um, In terms of names, if it's supposed to be me, uh, so we were talking about uh who knows me as jetty right mm-hmm. um i know me as jetty okay yeah that was that was i was gonna ask if you go but if you do alex or jetty yeah no i was after yourself i was thinking about that recently actually that like i've basically i i mean maybe when i was like 12 or something but basically since i started being on the internet uh i've named my characters jet or jetty or whatever will fit it reminds me of that one, there's like one scene in some DC TV show or comic or something where like Wonder Woman like uses her whip of truth and they all have to like, we're going to say 
Oh, our our actual names, and they like Superman's like Clark Kent, and she says her name, and then uh, just Batman. (laughs) (laughs) That's my real name. (laughs) Anyway, Bruce Wayne doesn't exist. Um, Alex is Alex is the fake one. Yeah, right. Jetty's the real one. Yeah. Um but then in other games where like there's it's not supposed to be a self insert character and they have an actual name or whatever, I've taken a liking to just kind of either making a pun out of their name or just making their name sound stupid. So uh <laughs> like the main character in front mission is named Lloyd and uh I recently started replaying that and I named him Bloyd. <laughs> it's great when like I take a week off from the game and I come back and somebody's like, oh, hey, Bloyd. I'm like, all right, I named him Bloyd. That's fantastic. Bloyd is fantastic. So, yeah, uh, in terms of characters, like what type of character, uh, I I do kind of follow Anna in the, like, speed attack as my, like, favorite thing. I don't really care about, like, I don't care about high power alone, and I really don't care about, like, slow but high defense. For me, I do prefer to put my points into agility or whatever speed. And it's strange because I used to always like wizard characters or, like, sorcerers or whatever, like damage dealer magicians. But for some reason, I think it was when I started playing Final Fantasy XI, that uh, I just preferred the thief character like being a a mage was really expensive so i was like well i'll be something else this time i'll be the thief and uh from there i just kind of stuck with it uh into adulthood yeah i think i i didn't really hit maybe as much on stuff like that i think part of it is because most of the rp my rpg time is in pokemon <laughs> where like it doesn't really it's not a yeah option. that's not yeah but I think I do, I, I kind of touched on this, I tend to gravitate towards, like, balanced builds. Like, maybe Red Mage-esque would be the archetype of that. Um, like, I definitely like having access to magic, but also, like, a lot of, I feel like a lot of games structure magic as being, like, you, you, you're dead in one punch. Yeah. And that can be kind of frustrating. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that too. And so... Just because it would be so easy, like magic is probably the hardest thing to balance and it's probably easier to keep it underpowered than make it overpowered. Like basically make it cost too much to be effective. Yeah. Um, So I like having the balance of it. Uh, I think I did a magic base build when I played Skyrim once. I'm like the last person on the planet who doesn't own Skyrim. And at this point, it's just, I've played it before. I've played other people's copies of Skyrim, but I myself do not own Skyrim. I'm going to wait until we get to the last version of Skyrim, and then I'll play that. I'll, I'll, I'll own the, whatever the last version of Skyrim is. How old is Skyrim now? It's, uh, I Nine think, it, yeah. In November. Because mm-hmm. it came out on 11111. Wow. It's, uh, 11, 11. it's lived a long life. Mm-hmm. There's probably a game called a podcast about when Skyrim came out. <laughs> you forget, I forget sometimes that this podcast, because obviously the podcast started before I was around, uh, significantly. <laughs> um, but 
around on Game Cola. I was alive when the podcast started. <laughs> but it's been, are we at 11? No. Yes. Are we at 11 years yet? I think we are. Yeah. Because it started be, January cause... 2009. Yeah, I was on the podcast in 2009. Mm-hmm. And your first podcast was in 2000. Your first host podcast was in 2010. I just listened back to it. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me about that. I actually, I did the, I ran the math and it's, um, I've hosted about the same amount of podcast episodes that you hosted before we transferred ownership. It's something like 50 ish. I think it's a little bit more than 50 because I think your first episode was 29 as host and mine was 86. Yeah. That's just a fun game cold podcast fact. Anna, did you, your thing was animal crossing, right? Yes, it was. Okay. I'm just going to, is it cool if we just sort of lump that into games we've been playing in recent times? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That part. I actually have a lot to talk about. Okay. Well, I'll uh, let you start. Games I've been playing. I will let you start then, but let's, let me, let me lead you in. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Anna, what video have you been playing in recent (laughs) times? There, I led you in. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. So the Steam Summer Sale started earlier this week. Um, so I bought a lot of games, but first I want to talk Mm -hmm. about Animal Crossing, because on the Mm -hmm. day we are recording this, the newest update came up for July 3rd, um, where now you can swim and go diving for things, which was a feature in New Leaf that was noticeably absent, at least for me, when uh, New Horizons came out. But yeah, now you can go swimming. Uh, you have to buy a diving suit from either the uh, town hall place or the Nookling store. Um, But yeah, you can go diving and find some new sea creatures. And you can also find pearls, which I found out are very, very uh, worth selling if you don't want to do any of the new furniture options that are given to you by returning character Pascal the Otter uh, for giving him a shell. Um, and since I don't want to do any of those furniture options, I will sell these pearls and it's great. Uh, <laughs> something I've been doing a lot in Animal Crossing is, um, now that I have less anxiety, um, <laughs> I've started like rebuilding my town and my island and kind of making things fancy, uh, with all the fun options for like terraforming and path making and everything it was just really overwhelming so um finally getting to do that uh i did a lot of time traveling with this because i was moving every villager which i have 10 and i think that's the max you can have Mm -hmm. i was moving every villager's house to one area and it took a long time basically all day (laughs) so can you Um, only move one a day yes Ah, I see. And it costs 50,000 bells. What? Mm. It was a lot of money. Thank God it wasn't real life money. And I don't have the option to spend real life money because I would have. There's got to be someone who's done the whole, like, how much is a bell worth in real life? Yeah, I really, I hope so. I'm going to look that up real quick while you keep talking. But, um... So I finally started doing some fun stuff. I have an orchard now for all my fruit trees and a playground and a picnic area. And I just have to figure out other fun things to do. But 
um, that's it pretty much for Animal Crossing, aside from the fact that uh, Gulliver, who washes up on the shore of your town sometimes because he somehow went overboard because he's a terrible sailor, he will now be dressed as a pirate. <laughs> now he's Pirate Gulliver, I guess. Which I don't understand what's up with that, but, you know, it's fine. Um, but in uh, about a month, there will be a new uh, update that there's going to be information on hopefully soon. Uh, I don't know how soon, but yeah, that's that's this month's Animal Crossing update. Um, last month was wedding season, quote unquote, so you could go to the island where you can take pictures and take pictures of two uh, people who are married in New Leaf the uh, retail shop people and yeah I did that for a few days and then I stopped because I forgot to do it so Steam Summer Sale uh, I bought a lot of games for Real very quick, cheap before just so to, to connect back to Animal Crossing uh, yes. the, my googling has determined that it's some like anywhere between like some people are just like uh, Bell's about a yen <laughs> and that's about it and that means a hundred that means it's about a cent um, other people ran calculations. It's like fifty-seven bells equals one dollar, but it's all over the place. It's not really con- pricing is just all over the place, so it's kind of inconsistent. But what that would suggest that moving a house would be five hundred dollars, right? You sure. said it was fifty thousand. Yeah, it's a lot still, though. <laughs> yeah, five hundred dollars is a lot of money, especially you yeah. know, do it ten times is five thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Anyway, continue. I just there was a very important fact that I had to share with the audience. I'm Thank sure you, you understand. Uh, I bought a lot of games for very cheap that I've had on my wish list for a while. Uh, I don't know how many of them I'm going to get to play within the next few days, but um, I actually bought Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, yes. which is notably a game that has given me anxiety in the past uh as long as other people are playing and it's not just me reading directions it's fine okay so so wait so have you been on the bomb defusal side yet i have not i actually have never been on the bomb defusal side i'm curious if (laughs) how and it would obviously it's up to you love to test my anxiety on this honestly i would love to see what happens is it more, because I found when I play Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes that being on the diffusal side, there is like this, obviously it is the one where like the narrative is I'm the one who dies, right? But also like, if I blow up, it almost always is, it's super easy to rationalize it is not my fault, right? It's someone else's fault. They didn't give me the instructions good enough and in time. Yes. So I didn't really feel that much anxiety, whereas I think it would be interesting because I have also never been on the manual side. Maybe we should maybe we should turn the tables and like a million things we need to stream. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so let's do that. Keep talking. Nobody explodes is a good one because you don't have to do any like screen sharing. Like the whole point is that the other person can't see the exactly. screen. Yeah, but anyway. um. So I own that now. Uh, I also bought a few games that I've already played, or at least one game that I've already played, which is Detective Grimoire, uh, Secret of the Swamp, and its sequel, which I hadn't played before because the only other place I've seen it is on the Apple Arcade, which costs subscription money, and I'm not doing that. But Tangle Tower is the one I've been thinking about most often. 
uh, because I liked the game Detective Grimoire when I played it the first time. Uh, it's a point and click game with some, just like, with some vague, uh, Phoenix Wright. I don't want to say mechanics because it's not really, but it's it's reminiscent maybe for someone who has played Phoenix Wright. But uh, the second game has a really good sense of humor, a good story, and the art style is really nice. I think I like it a lot more than I like the first one. Um, but the weird thing is, is that the story they tried to make in the first game, they left off on a cliffhanger. And then they pick up with this game, and it's almost been forgotten. Almost, it's it's very weird. It's it's a very weird thing that's been bugging me for uh, about a week now. Uh, and I got uh, my boyfriend Cam to play it, and he had the same problem where it was just like, huh. The ending was also like kind of rushed, and it's a pretty common uh, criticism criticism of the game where everyone's saying that it was rushed, which I definitely agree with and even the uh developers have mentioned that yeah okay we get it yeah you're right it could have had more to it and we are learning we're still learning and it's like okay but why um but yeah these are also the same people who made snipper clips if anyone played that on the switch mm. which is just a fun fact but uh <laughs> has nothing to do with detective grimoire at all other than just the same Say people made it. Uh, another game that I bought, and it not on sale, but uh, two games that I bought that aren't on sale are Wilmot's Warehouse, which is basically just a game where you organize things, and it's okay. I like it, but at the same time, I don't know how I is feel. That, is that the one where you're kind of given a bunch of abstract icons that you have to yes. choose how you're organizing it, and then yeah, exactly. You're then later you're asked to like get find them and deliver yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Um, and then the other one that I've been playing a lot is called Townscaper, which actually just came out and is still in uh, early access, but I've been following the dev on Twitter for what feels like about a year, and it's just this cute little town maker that I'm opening right now. Oh, whoa, nope. what the hell? Sorry. The heck is this? Uh, that's interesting. An update, I think, just happened where you can look at your new towns, uh, your uh, towns that you've made in the past. <laughs> yeah, I can see on oh, Discord, no. all of a sudden it says Anna is playing Townscaper. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cute. Uh, you just build a little town out of uh, in the middle of the ocean <laughs> with just different colored things. And it's it's just a toy. It's not really a game. There's no real goal. You're just having fun. And um, when I was playing it for the first time, I was on Discord with Cam, and uh, all he heard was the sound of like me just clicking over and over again because you can make really high towers. <laughs> and I just kept clicking and clicking, and it made like a like bricks will go everywhere and kind of go into the water, and it'll make a sound. And he's just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but uh, yeah. I've just been having a good time with my Steam Summer Sale games. Uh, I also bought a bunch of DLC for Planet Coaster, which is a game I don't really play, but I bought it anyway. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, yeah, Steam Summer Sale. Lose All Your Money is an article I wrote. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember. Never forget how to lose all your money on video games. Don't listen to me. I give 
terrible advice. Or the best advice if you don't need all that money. But yeah, that's pretty much all the games I've been playing lately. Unless I have other ones. I don't think so. Video games. So yeah, that's my life right now. Jetty, have you been playing any video games in recent times? Um, so I bought that uh, bundle for racial justice on itch.io. Um, right. Which we talked a lot about in the Game Cola Discord uh, at the time. But then before the sale ended, like, they kept adding more games. Um, yeah. And, like, I was downloading them at the time, like, uh, as they were being added or whatever. There's also quite a lot of, um, there's not just video games. There's also, like, tabletop RPGs and trading card games and a lot of, like, art and music assets for developers. Um, I downloaded all of that. And then I only had time to, like, play one or two of the games a little bit um, because, I don't know, I had to run out and do a bunch of things at that time. Uh, so I never got back to it, but I need to, and I need to stop playing the original Front Mission because it's kind of cool and all, but I've also played it, like, five times, and there's there's not much new going on. You shoot some stuff with robots. The guy's named Bloyd this time. It's funny, but that's about it. So yes, maybe next time I'll be able to talk to you about uh, the, what is it, 1,491 games or whatever. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so, I what, so what's the Bloyd game? Front Mission uh, for the Super Nintendo. I was sad to find out that they revived the series recently, uh, but it was like a stealth game or something. Like it was, it used to be, a tactics game and it was really good as a tactics game and i talked a lot on game cool about front mission 4 being my favorite game it's still a very good game apparently the latest one they took like a 15 year break and then made one like a year ago or something and nobody liked it mm. Mm. you hate to see it but um yeah the original one it's fun it's interesting they had a lot of good ideas but uh it's kind of slow it's an old game. It hasn't aged well, uh, but the guy's named Bloyd because I named him that. I've spent the last week or so uh, with my gaming time playing everyone's least controversial gaming topic, the Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC, Isle oh. of Armor. How is it? Um, so the general consensus, and I agree with this, is... If you like Sword and Shield, you'll like the DLC. If you don't like Sword and Shield, this isn't going to turn this isn't going to change anyone's opinion on the video game. It's yeah. basically it is there are some cool things in it and I think we'll probably want to go more in depth on it when we have people who feel more strongly about it on the podcast. Yeah. Um like if James comes on, um we'll probably get into it a little bit more. Uh, the things that I like are like things like the wild. It's basically one big wild area, um, and it feels like a much better realization of that than what's in the base game. Uh, particularly because it's just like that's just the one area. Yeah, of it. I was gonna ask about that if they gave you a new, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just the whole thing is interconnected. Like there's the big. There's water that you can go around in, and then there's also, like, the path. There's, like, sort of a main path through the island, but then there's all these caves that you go through. And, again, you're not, like, entering a new area in the cave. You are nav- you're weaving through tunnels that can pop you out in different areas. 
That's cool. And it's interesting. And I've been enjoying going through and catching all the new Pokemon that are in it. And again, like most of the stuff that's in the game is stuff that the person who has spent the money on it is getting convenience out of it for the most part, right? Everybody can get the Pokemon that are in this video game in the main game. You don't have to buy the DLC to have the Pokemon allowed in your game. Oh, right, it's yeah. just you have to trade with someone who has the DLC or use something like Pokemon Home to transfer the Pokemon into the game. So again, they're not... So however you feel about the con- how much of it is convenience, how much of it is you know stuff that they should get, I don't know. That's something to talk about with people who feel more strongly about it, I think. <laughs> Um, and the story was like, this extra story content was fine. I think probably the best value for your dog, cause you're really paying like $15 for this because there's another expansion. There's another DLC that'll come out in the fall. And so the whole thing is $30. Hmm. Um, and, uh, the, the value proposition, I would say the biggest one is, uh, so at the end of the main game, you and this has been standard for Pokemon games in general, you get access to the Battle Tower, which is sort of like the closest thing that you can do, have single-player competitive battling offline. Like, you you play against... You can battle teams that require, like, competitive-level strategies, essentially. So it's the reason why you would want to EV train your Pokemon and give them good movesets and good synergy, even if you weren't playing online, for example. In, but like there's a there's a skill ceiling on that and it's decently low and it like you can look up all different videos on kind of how to cheese it um like take advantage of the fact that the AI isn't going to be able to pick out strategies that are really obvious if you're a human player on competitive but like the AI doesn't really think about it like that yeah um but in Isle of Armor once you get through the main story what you get to do is uh, they basically have another version of that where your goal is to win five battles. You don't get to heal. You only get to, you don't get to heal after every battle. Instead, you get two opportunities to heal out of the five battles. Hmm. And you have to use a team that of one type and the opponent has regular teams. So it's not like, Oh, you're using all poison types and your opponents using all poison types. It's like you're using all poison types and your opponent's team could have a, a ton of ground types, and you're just so you got to account for that. Yeah, and I, I think that's fun. That um, like one of the things that uh, I guess both the games and the uh, the show always did is like, oh yeah, I'm just a, a fire trainer or whatever. It's like nobody mm-hmm. ever actually does that. Like unless they're going for like a specific challenge run or something, nobody's ever like, oh, I have a team of uh, you know jigglypuffs or something uh, i just think they're right. cute and so i guess i appreciate them enforcing that in a way it's cool yeah and it just it gives you a like a reason to do the battle tower beyond and this mode beyond just grinding for its own sake again assuming you're not doing like online stuff um it gives you an in-game reason to train a bunch of like to do ev training and competitive level stuff on a bunch of Pokemon instead of just coming up with one set to, which all that gives you is just better chances at the battle tower. Um, so I think that's probably the, the biggest thing. So again, like if you're really into competitive Pokemon, this DLC, you get, whether or not you're upset about the fact, this fact 
the DLC is probably going to be your best. You, you're probably going to want it. Again, you may think that it should have just been included in the base game. I'm not, <laughs> this is, do you understand the distinction that I'm making? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I guess that was, um, a, that was a long pause for yes. No, um, sorry. I guess the thing is, is like, uh, perhaps I'm not the best hmm. person to discuss Pokemon with, because That's again, fair. I did play Pokemon Sword and Shield, but it was like the first time of me playing a Pokemon that wasn't Gen One. Mm-hmm. And I also though think that there is this mystery tension count <laughs> that there is merit. Again, I'm not saying positive or negative right now, but there is merit to the idea of at least considering how is this better slash worse than having a third game, essentially, because that's what they've said, that this is replacing a third game, sequel games. There's not going to be Sword and Shield 2. Yeah, well, but then again, like, uh, the concept of, like, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon or whatever. Right. Again, like, part of my hesitation is that, I mean, I don't have any experience with sun or moon or ultra sun or ultra moon but that like are you really going to complain that they don't have x and y2 or whatever it was like that sounded like a dumb idea to begin with um (laughs) so the concept that they're making it a dlc instead uh as much as people i know have complained they're like oh it should have been in the game to begin with it's like i don't know game games have cost 60 bucks since like the 80s maybe it's time for games to go up in price (laughs) It's such a weird thing. We were talking about it on the Discord before, too. Like, I can understand Like, I can understand why they have been able to keep it down for so long. Yeah, like, as you sell more games, you can keep it at the same price because the... But that's, and that's the thing, is, like, you can't say that the same cost goes into making an Atari game that, like, two people made together. Uh, but, like, if two people make it together and they sell, uh, you know, a few thousand copies you're equaling out to, you know, a few hundred people mm-hmm. being on the, the staff and selling a few million copies, but that there is a point where uh, we're hitting that maximum now where yeah. everyone does play games. There's no new game players to reach, uh, mm-hmm. and as such, the price of game, either they're going to have to put less into de- development, which I'm all for. I don't really care. Like, actually, there's been... Uh, a Twitter trend lately of people saying, like, look, make a shorter game. What I wanted is a shorter game that's good. I don't need a game that has a 20, 120 hours of gameplay that nobody cares about. Um, mm-hmm. So the concept of either less graphics, shorter game, uh, and sell it for the same price, or if you're going to keep having, like, a thousand people work on a game, uh, maybe the price needs to go up. And that seems to be the strategy of like, oh yeah, there's DLC and microtransactions in every game. It's like they need to make money somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's just interesting because like any industry would want to be able to keep the price lower so that more people would buy the thing. Yeah, just how is why has games been able to essentially avoid inflation for so long? <laughs> and the fa- and the the sort of gambit that they've made is now playing out where. Now that it's been $60 for so long and hasn't increased, no one, everyone's going to be upset whenever it does increase. Yeah. And so that's where you get things like microtransactions and DLC and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very cool. Awesome. 
as Anna said uh, earlier in the podcast, video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think that's all the video games we have for today. No more ever there's, again. There's no more video games. Sorry, guys. So. We ate them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jenny, how did you have the? What was, who who who? This is it's the image of the guy shouting McDonald's at his TV, which I think is the patent. Yeah. For like you can you get rid of the ad by shouting McDonald's at yeah. your TV. Who yeah. who who trademark who patented this? I mean, I imagine it was McDonald's. No, I I don't think it was. I think it was a game company. Oh, oh if it was like Sony or something. I um, think it. Microsoft, because yeah. I think it was supposed to go with the Kinect. Yeah, it sounds like a Microsoft thing, like especially with McDonald's. But um, yes, sorry, I, I saved this. Uh, I, I know I you had it, to it ready to go. You were like, very I'm, ready. <laughs> like I'm sure it's gonna still like people are gonna think, oh, Joseph edited out some silence there. No, it was like immediate. Yeah, yeah. After There's Anna no said we ate all the video games. <laughs> Like, how did you have this at the ready so quickly? No, I, I have a folder full of, like, stuff like this that I just know that it's on my desktop. Uh, you just have it open during the podcast? No, I mean, I click the little plus, and then I click desktop, and then I click uh, images or whatever, the folder. It's so fast, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes, when we, well, when we just you. say when we say video games, I think McDonald's. Um, <laughs> the guy is standing up and saying McDonald's in order to close the ad early. Um, um, well, if you stand up and say Game Cola, the next podcast will be out faster. That's a secret hidden technique. Oh. What was it called? What was it? Let's, let's, ring, it, let's bring it back. Forbidden. What? Oh, forbidden. Forbidden, forbidden secrets. Game of... Cola secrets. If you stand up and shout Game Cola, next podcast comes out faster. Forbidden Game Cola secrets. There we go. <laughs> Um, Surprise, that doesn't actually work. <laughs> it might work if I'm in earshot. If someone shouts Game Cola, I'd be like, mm, maybe I should edit the new podcast. I'm going to call you on Discord, like right after this one comes out, and demand that the next one goes up earlier. Um, thank you for listening to this edition of the Game Cola Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, where you can see articles for the podcast and all the other stuff that we're doing. You can also find us on YouTube. The channel name is GC.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net. Uh, you can find videos, playthroughs of Danganronpa 2 are going up right now, along with podcast videos and other stuff like that. Um, you can do like what everybody else on the internet apparently did during the quarantine and uh, watch the Super Mario Brothers yeah, two play through just a million say, times. Yeah, yeah. The I'm very glad. Skyrocketed. Jeez. Um, I think part of it is because I think Super Mario Brothers two may have come out on the NES online somewhere mm. around then. Probably. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Game Cola. You can find us pretty much anywhere if you just search Game Cola. If we're there, it's Game Cola. Aside from the YouTube channel, which is gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. Come join us on the Discord. You can find the link on the website or the invite link on the Twitter description. Uh, that's where we've been getting our sort of questions and t- uh, podcast topics from the super fans on the Discord. 
Uh, anything else that I am missing? I think that's about it. I think uh, people who are listening and or who are not on our Discord are missing out. There's quite a lot of uh, good content on there. So far, everybody who said, hey, I just decided to try the Discord hat pretty much has stuck around. <laughs> yeah. And they like, seem to be it might not always themselves. be. Yeah, it might, always, it might not always be, like, always there, which is good. Live your life. But <laughs> people pop in from time to time, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, I think it is time to end this episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful time of day, wherever it is, whenever it is you are listening to this podcast, and we will see you next month. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Let's see how much of this. Did you say goodbye, Anna? Did I say goodbye? No, you didn't. Did you? I didn't hear it. I did. Um, I think, so I'm looking at my audacity and it's showing up right there. But I think something with the Discord is not going well. Just you didn't want to say goodbye to the fans. It's fine. (laughs) I did. I always do.